Today's episode is brought to you by Fanatics. Fanatics is the world's largest collection of official fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and players you love. If you enjoy our show and are looking to buy a new jersey, sweatshirt, or hat, you can support us by going to podgo.co slash fanatics and getting 25% off your next order. That's podgo.co slash fanatics. Fanatics, officially licensed everything. Patience is is like the thing. Like it will if you have a thing that you're trying to do and you just keep trying, it will eventually happen but it's going to take longer than you think. So if you spend all that time freaking out about it, you're just making your life miserable. (laughs) That's all you're doing. You're just filling your time with misery. Welcome to the podcast that gives you a fresh perspective on movies, comics, and pop culture. We aren't afraid to give you an honest take and won't pull any punches. This is Films in Black and White. Welcome to Films in Black and White, everybody. How we doing? We got a great episode today for y'all. Um, we got a lot to get into. Um, so I'm going to try and skip all the pomp and circumstance and save that for the other part of the show. Um, my name is Doug Wagner. I am one of the co-hosts here on Films in Black and White. Um, I got to bring in my other co-hosts. Again, we're going to try and just get to the meat and potatoes of this. So I'm going to oh, yeah. kick it on down to Brian. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing great. It's Monday. Feeling productive. How about you, Marcus? How you doing, man? Listen, I'm here. I'm nervous as shit because we got somebody big in the building. I'm not going to sit here and flex in front for nobody. Um, I've been thinking about this shit all day. Uh, you know, it's just been it's been crazy, but I'm excited. I'm here. Um, this is big for us. And, and I'm just I'm just excited to be talking to somebody. Who's yes. Movie. Yeah. Enjoy, so, it's, you know, it's dope. Yeah, this is that's that's really the best way to put it. So for those of you who listened, we did Arch Enemy, what, two episodes ago? Yes. Yes. So we reviewed Arch Enemy two episodes ago, and we had great response to doing that review on our uh, podcast. Um, And we kind of at a long shot reached out to uh, our guest today um, to ask him to join us to just ask him, pick his brain on just things Arch Enemy and Daniel isn't real and all that other type of stuff. So I'm actually going to kick it on over to Marcus to welcome our guest to the podcast. We have a very special guest in the building. Um, we bombarded him on our socials. We also, <laughs> we, 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 we got him in the emails. We cornered him very well. Um, we have somebody who's a, he's a actor, producer, writer, director of, of, of such fantastic films that we'll get into a little bit later, but we have none other than the fantastic Adam Egypt Mortimer in the building, everybody. Adam. Adam, welcome to Films of Black and White. Hey, thanks for having me. That was an incredible introduction. I don't think anyone is ever going to introduce me that warmly again as long as I live. So this might be my last public appearance of all time. You know what? We are happy it could be with us. Yeah, yeah. Adam, I also, I have to admit, I didn't hear your episode where you reviewed my movie. So all of a sudden I'm like, oh shit, they did an episode where they hated my movie and then they tricked me into being on that episode. Not at all. You know what? That just let all my stress out because I was worried you listened to it before you agreed and then went back and went, well, I'm not a man to back out. So I'm <laughs> really like very relieved that that's kind of where things are. Um, no, we are thrilled to have you on the episode. Yeah. Just yeah. very excited. Um, before we get into the interview and, and get to know you and, and your movies a little bit more, we did uh, reach out to you about playing Catch That Quotable with us. So yeah. for our listeners, this is a game where guests bring us an interview, uh, bring us a question. Um, we try <laughs> to get it correct. Oftentimes we fail. Um, and so we're actually going to kick it on to Adam. Adam, what is your quote for us this week for Catch That Quotable? All right. So here it goes. There's, there's three from this movie and I love them all. I'm going to make a last minute decision on which one I love the most. It's going to be. I like uh, it. I like it. I like it. All right. Don't say a word to me, Sydney. Don't say a fucking word to me. I'll get up and I'll bury this telephone in your head. Fuck. Wait. Oh, man. Okay. Read it one more time and then we're going to play some Jeopardy theme music so we can ponder. (laughs) Don't say a word to me, Sydney. Don't say a fucking word to me. I'll get up and I'll bury this telephone in your head. God. Adam is an actor because I hear an accent in there. Yes, I, like I do. Kind of refrain from doing it, but I still hear it. <laughs> just can't help bringing it out. <laughs> All right. Well, obviously this character's angry. Let's just start there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's let's unpack the quote just a little. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's he's from Boston. His character's from Boston. He's got like a New York Boston thing going. Something, yep. It's something. Yeah. It's something like that. I can hear that. Sydney also, is such a. It sounds so familiar to me, like a movie I've seen before, but I just it's not. It's just not turning over. Okay. Adam, can we get a one-word hint from this movie? <clears throat> How about this? Instead of giving you a one-word hint, okay, I'm going to give you a different quote by the same character. Sure. Oh, okay. Even all better. right. Even better. Because, right. like I said, I couldn't decide. This was my excuse. No, that's I fine. This is perfect. To run with, right? All right. It's not going to help. But it's so fun <laughs> to say these lines. <laughs> Go all for right. it. That's okay. Let me tell you two stupid motherfuckers something. I don't want to get another call like this again, because if I do, I'm going to get on a fucking plane and I'm going to blow torch the both of you. Yeah, he's definitely from Boston. I yeah, just don't is, know. It's, got, it's got a New York mob thing for I'll sure. Give you a, I'll give you a one, one word hint right there so you're okay. not thrown off. Chicago. Ooh, I, I think I have my guess. I think I have my guess. But I'm I'm gonna wait to see till my other two are ready. With no, it. go ahead, give you a, go ahead, give you a guess, uh, Doug. Yeah, go for it, man. Adam, is this the Untouchables? No. Okay. <sighs> okay. See, cleared the cleared the. It was you're gonna be. But yours? I did recently watch the. Un- it's funny. I've been working on a project about Elliot Ness, so I've sure. been thinking a lot about the Untouchables. Oh shit! Right but, uh, that's not this. No. Okay. 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 So I I'm took Brian's the- guess. I'm thinking. I'm thinking the one, f- the movie with Marky Mark. And that's probably wrong because I've already gave the actor. But what is the one where he robs the bank? Um, Marky Mark is very Boston in every single movie he's in. He doesn't really cover that up too well. So uh, I can't remember the name of that movie. Um, the Prestige. Maybe it was the Prestige. I was thinking the Prestige or something yeah. like that. But I don't think that's, that's it. That's old. You're that's old of- school. He robs the bank. No, and- it's not that. Whatever the okay, fuck well, it is, you're saying. It's not <laughs> good. Yeah, I, I, think, I appreciate <laughs> Adam being like, dude, wherever you're going, just when Adam didn't yeah, give like right? a you facial just, reaction to just, Marky Mark, yeah, he just, was like, what the yeah, fuck? Just, like, no, that's not just, it. Yep, just get off the exit ramp. Okay, yep, that's this is this movie is from a little bit prior to that era that you're focusing on. Okay. Okay. Is that a one word? Get- <laughs> that's close. That's that's you know that's what you are doing more than enough to try oh, and get oh us there. So, I'm gonna, there's a it. there's a line. There's a little bit more. I'm going to expand the first quote I gave. I'm going to expand it a little bit more because he has a first sentence before that. Maybe it'll help. I don't know. I should have killed Walsh in Chicago a long time ago. Don't say a word to me, Sydney. Don't say a fucking word to me. I'll get up and I'll bury this telephone in your head. So I should have killed Walsh in Chicago a long time ago. Brian, any any ideas? I got no clue. I got okay. no clue. I thought this was Widows. I know it's not because you said Chicago. And then I was like, that's like the most like recent, recent Chicago, like almost crime. This movie, movie isn't seen. recent. It's not recent. I'm testing. Yeah, it's you. not recent. Okay. So, no. it's a classic. It. Here's a hint. This movie has Charles Grodin in it. Oh, I know. I can picture him. Oh, I can picture the maybe characters. You guys it's don't. Maybe you guys me. don't know this movie. It's going to piss me off. Adam, we have exhausted all of our, our brain power. We could sit here and think about it all day. What is this movie from? What is this it's, quote this from? It's Midnight Run. Oh, oh my gosh. Jesus. Robert God, De Niro, Charles Grodin on a hellish road trip together, punching That's and right. screaming. Midnight Run. Well, and, and the, the thing that dive. it's it's funny because you guys said you you know you wanted to play this game, and I started thinking about like <laughs> this movie. There, every single if you look up like quotes from this movie, it's just yes. pages and pages of gems from every single <laughs> sure. character, and mm. I love it so much. And I and I realized, like I've always loved this movie. Like all, if you ask me, like what are your favorite movies? They're all like you know Videodrome and some fucked up horrific French movie Martyrs or whatever. <laughs> right on Midnight Run. <laughs> yeah. This movie directed by the director of Beverly Hills Cop from eighty. It's you know completely For different sure. than my usual thing, but it's just so great. And I and I realized it was such a huge influence on Arch Enemy. Like if oh, you sure. look at the way that that's a movie about mm. all these different characters and the way they're all. T- and I never even brought this up with Glenn Howerton, but I think that th- this character Jimmy Serrano must have been a, a just a. I would just ripped it off completely. <laughs> I don't think he knows that. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's right. It works. That's really. That's great. It's it. a great movie. It's so fun. It's so. That's... It's so interesting. It's. It's just. It rules. If you haven't seen it, check it out. That is. Well, that... Adam, Adam, we're not really a podcast that we watch movies, but we ain't movie experts. You know no, what I'm saying? We're not by any means. So we 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 yeah we did great. That was yeah fantastic. that was fast. No, that, that was, was good. Great. 
Um, so, so let's get right into sort of the meat and potatoes of this particular interview. A Adam, for our listeners who maybe are not familiar with your work or maybe who don't know a whole lot about you, could you give us a little bit of background into how you got into where you are now? Maybe your story of how you came up and, and became the director you are now and just give people a little bit of background on who you are and, and, and how you, what you do and, and what you've done in the movie industry. Yeah. So, um, I guess it's such a circuitous, nonsensical route that I'll start where I am and then just go sort of backwards, right? Yeah. So Arch Enemy just came out and that's the third feature film that I've written and directed. Um, and it was produced by Spectre Vision, which is Elijah Wood's company. Um, and they all, you know, they've done, they did Mandy, they did Color Out of Space. Um, and, you know, they're just like an insane company making, for the most part, kind of like, psychedelic artistic genre horror movies um <clears throat> and uh, uh, uh and this and arch enemy was the second movie i made with them so arch enemy came about because i had made a film called daniel isn't real which mm -hmm. is was just a couple years ago mm -hmm. um and that was a movie uh so that's a horror it's kind of my take on the exorcism genre it's about an imaginary friend and then yep. it's got this sort of demonic twist and, and oh, yeah. um and uh, so that was a movie that I wrote. Well, now it's probably been about eight, eight or nine years ago, right? Oh, wow. And um, and I wrote that movie with uh, with my friend Brian, who wrote it. Well, he wasn't my friend at the time. I read a novel he wrote. I met him, and he was like, "Hi, I'm a guy, and I wrote a novel." And this is nine <laughs> years ago now. <laughs> that's that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, weirdly, it was. It, this is how it worked. I guess it was 2011 or 2012, something like that. And I was at a party. And I, and, and I had never made a movie nine years ago. I had never made a movie, but I was desperately trying to make feature films. Sure. I had done music videos, you know, little mm -hmm. things like that. I had mm -hmm. kind of had an up and down career trying to do that kind of thing. And I was desperately trying to find like, if I could just find like the right comic book or the right novel and get the, you know, I thought that that would yeah. make it easier to make a movie. And so I'd gone down that path a couple of times and I, I met this guy, Brian, and he just seemed really cool. And he'd written a novel and told me about it. So I read it like that day. Like I immediately read it after the party, I guess the next day. And then I called him up on Monday and I was like, I wanna make this movie, let's make this movie. And he was like, cool, let's make it together. So we started writing it. And again, this is nine years ago. Daniel right. isn't real came out in 2019. So this sure. <laughs> there's a lot of time, <laughs> time, yep. time jello happening. Oh, yeah. um, so we wrote that movie and then I was like, oh, dude, this script is dope, but I have no idea how we're going to get this made. Like, sure. I've never sure. made a feature. I've got these short films. I've got these, you know, uh, music videos. This movie's insane. This is going to cost millions of dollars. So I was like, sorry if I tricked you into <laughs> giving me <laughs> a property. Right. <laughs> no way can we make it. Um, but we were like, okay, what if we write a much lower budget movie that we could just go out and make? We'll just go out and make a movie. Right. Um, sure. And I was like, well, it'd be cool if we brought sort of our sensibility, the thing we're working, you know, I, I think we were sort of seeing ourselves as we're doing like sort of, it's emotional and it's kind of, I don't know, it's aesthetic, but it's still genre. And we were like, let's apply that to a slasher movie. Let's do something mm -hmm. that's like yes. Freddy Krueger. Sure. And, um, and so out of that, we came up with this movie called Some Kind of Hate that was, yeah. uh, you know, eventually, and then it, see, and we were like, yeah, we'll just do that. We'll make it for $200,000, bada bing, bada bang. And then it was like, <laughs> that took years to get yeah. even that <laughs> yeah. thing made, right? Of course. Yeah. Um, and we finally did make it for $200,000. And, you wow. know, what was interesting was I was really learning how to make a movie while we were shooting that movie. Sure. And so mm -hmm. like years later, once I finished Daniel Isn't Real, I was like, thank God this wasn't the first movie I made. Like, right. thank God. Yeah we sort of had those difficulties in the back and forth. And I got to like really just figure out like, how do you make a movie on mm -hmm. a much lower budget sure. on, you know, lower stakes. Like it didn't feel like lower stakes, but you know, so that by the time I made Daniel, I really felt like I understood what I was doing. Yeah. And you sure. kind of needed that, that first one to get through. So, um, and then what was wonderful. So, you know, I had read about the existence of Spectre Vision all the way back mm -hmm. when we were writing Some Kind mm -hmm. of Hate. Like they had just started, I think they were even called something, they were called Woodshed at the time. Sure. And I was like, these are my people. Like they're, they're into like weird <laughs> shit. Like they should make yeah, my movie. Yes. And I was like emailing them all the time. Like yep. I got in contact <laughs> to one of them. And I was like, hey, yep. I'm, I'm some guy 
and I want to make a movie with you. So, of course, I never heard back from them. You know, I guess I should have slid into their DMs on Instagram. Hey, that's, yeah, that, I mean, I mean, I might have better. been going to something. Yeah, Look, man, next time we'll just we'll just add a bunch, you know, and yeah, we'll see what happens. Fine. Yeah. Um, and but then what what happened was it worked out the way it was. You, you, you hope it will, which is that we made some kind of hate. It didn't like blow the doors off the hinges. It wasn't like now yeah. I'm going to make Godzilla versus Kong. Right. It was like it played at some festivals mm-hmm. and I met SpectreVision at a festival that both of our movies were playing at. And I went I, I walked up to Josh Waller, one of their partners, I recognized him. And I was like, hey, man, I have a movie playing here. I hope you'll go see it. And he was like, cool. And I was like, I've been emailing you. And he had his laptop and he like looked up. He was like, oh, he was like, oh yeah, I see all your emails. <laughs> <laughs> like right uh, there in the search bar. Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes, I was you like, have. No, no hard feeling. No worries. You know, um, but then he saw that movie and he showed it, you know, he got all of his other partners to, to watch it. And then I met wow. with them and I told them about Daniel's not real. And they were like, that's dope. And so right. then we started working together and we made that movie and that movie, you know, I'm so proud of it. I think it came out amazingly i'm just really you know even if nobody liked it i would have been proud but it it had this incredible response yeah it really touched people and and then amazingly i had written arch enemy years before and specter vision was like hey we have a slot like we have some financing we're ready to make another movie let's let's do arch enemy so it was like there was a sunday night uh in in december of 2019 in the before times and, <laughs> and i was i was introducing daniel's not real at the alamo draft house it had just come out in theaters oh, wow. yeah and then the next morning at 5 a.m i woke up and went to set and started shooting arch enemy and wow. it was just like you know such a miraculous you know and it's like this is coming like i said i mean we first started writing daniel nine years ago mm-hmm. and for years and years before that i was trying to yeah. make, make movies and and it's that amazing thing where you like you keep grinding you keep grinding and suddenly you're shooting a movie the day after your last movie came out and it's like yeah. oh wow that's insane so that that's might really have been cool. like a, yeah. a real you know peak kind of time for me for sure that's really cool <laughs> i watched uh, i watched daniel wasn't real um yeah, this morning and loved it um, oh wow and, yeah nice. it, it has one of my um not to not to get too fanny about it but it has one of my favorite like uh scenes in it and one of my favorite shots in the movie is towards the end when luke is on that green couch shortly after the psychiatrist has been killed and he's down towards the bottom of the frame and there's this all this like darkness and a little bit of light behind him and i just remember looking at that going that is just gorgeous like it's just Mm -hmm. such a gorgeous shot in general so i just wanted to say man i loved i loved daniel isn't real from 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 watching it like a couple hours ago so yeah so it thanks really, really really cool it's, it's funny with shots like that you know my my dp on that his name is lyle vincent and he's he's an amazing cinematographer and one of the things i learned shooting that movie was how great daylight like daytime interior scenes can be mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. yeah it's so moody like you think of you know you always think of horror movies it's like it's got to be dark whatever and an experiment i tried on some kind of hate was it was all really it was like in a desert it was outside so it's really yeah. like bright mm-hmm. and then with daniel it was like oh if we're inside you know you get the light coming through the windows and it's kind of yeah. like smoky and moody like it actually but the, the house lights are off you get these really cool images that sometimes if it's night but you have a lamp on it's a little bit too i don't know contrasty or something so yeah, I, sure. yeah we really explored that that daytime moodiness that i thought sure. was so cool and made everything look look pretty yeah um, so my next question is, and, and Marcus and Brian, feel free to jump in or otherwise I'll just, oh, I'm, th- oh, I'm thinking I'm, oh, I'm ready the whole time. Um, do you, so to talk a little bit about the transition from doing, you know, two movies that are a little bit more, um, with, um, some kind of hate being a little bit more of a slasher movie. And then Daniel being a little bit more of a horror movie. Was it weird to transition like brain space wise to doing something like arch enemy, or was it an easier transition or because you had worked on it before, um, and had written it before you were just like, yep, let's do it. Let's just, let's just roll with it. Yeah. It, it wasn't weird, but what, what it actually was, was like cool and, and liberating, you oh, know, sure. I think, um, with Arch Enemy, you know, and it, and if people haven't seen it, it's like kind of a superhero movie and kind of like a weird crime movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the way I was really thinking about it was that it's a crime movie yeah. and then, mm-hmm. and, and that is a genre that, kind of lets you do anything it's it's kind of why i like crime movies going as far back as you know like uh 
the big sleep in the forties, you know, and then Tarantino's or, you know, in the sixties, they were making all these crazy psychedelic movies like point blank. And, you know, it's just like, it's kind and you mentioned widows earlier, which is like such an amazing movie. Like there's something about that genre that lets you as a filmmaker, you know, do just crazy fun shit, you know, baby Mm -hmm. driver, you know, like all of these, you know, and, and I, and I felt while shooting Arch Enemy, in contrast to Daniel, where Daniel is like, well, it's a horror movie, so I can't, I have to like maintain this, this tension and this dread and this grimness, you know, I think there's moments of lightness or excitement in Daniel, but it was really about like, this very dark emotion and given sort of what you want the genre to be, it's got to really be that. For sure. Mm -hmm. And with Arch Enemy, I was like, fuck it, let's have a joke where somebody pukes off of the edge of a thing you know let's let how bright can i make these colors like what right. if it, you know like it what if i put paul sheer in it freedom in what the genre was um and again i think that again for, for like that this was my third movie was exactly the right place for it to be i think if sure. arch enemy had been my first movie i would have been like i don't even know how to make one genre let alone cram right. them all together oh yeah you know um so that was uh that was the, that was it was kind of like liberating and, and amazing to to yeah. to be in a different genre space yeah. oh Super well that's cool. and that's fascinating you say that too because one of the reasons i loved arch enemy man was that it was like hey we're gonna give you this intro that's a superhero movie and then it's like now nah, we're gonna ground this and now it's a crime movie which I really like. I really dug it. Now, of course, I have Paul Shear like in a in a speedo underwear mm-hmm. image now in my head as I'm like gearing up this question. So I want everyone to that. have that in their head for all time. I mean, who you know? Yeah, that's how you sell the movie, right there. Yeah, I mean, crazy. really? Yeah, yeah. So one, that's awesome. But two, I mean, blending all those genres together, it's really hard. But what? So what was that like superhero inspiration for you? Because obviously, there's a lot of elements there. Like, what was your thinking in in building that premise, and what did that look like for you? I mean, I, I've always been, and I, you know, I see you guys got all the comic books in your background, so we can, you know, we can get into it. But like, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I've always been a, a comic book fan, and and much more of a fan of the way superheroes are depicted in comic books than in the movies. Mm. So, you know, like, I, I just, I don't think, I mean, obviously Dark Knight is like just a, one of the greatest movies of all time, but, I, right. but oh, overall, yeah. when you look at like all of the the comic book so-called movies, I mean, compare them to like any single issue of anything written right. by Warren Ellis or Grant Morrison or Alan Moore or Frank Miller. And it's like, Yep. I don't know, why aren't we doing that with the movies? You know, it's like, yeah. you know, I, some of my favorite comics are like, if you, if you look, Electra Assassin, right? That Bill Sienkiewicz did with Frank Miller. And, yeah. um, and then they did a Daredevil graphic novel right at the same time. And it's like, it's experimental. It's oh, terrifying. Yeah. It's about like disturbing minds. There's part in Electra where it's like, her backstory is told through the like crayon drawings uh, that a child would draw. You know, it's like, it's just like, it's mixing all these aesthetics and all these ideas. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what genre Electro Assassin is. There's that like guy with his like head floating and the <laughs> tank. it's like horrific, yeah. it's romantic. It's like, what is this? <clears throat> and um, and we just don't see that in, in superhero movies, right? right. So yeah. I was, yeah. uh, was kind of like, and, and Arch Enemy, I started writing, it was in 2015. So that was like quite a while ago even so. Sure. And, and at that time I was like, I, I think at this point now that we've seen like 50, you know, superhero movies, just we're in the same headspace right. that people were when they comic book readers were in the 80s. And mm-hmm. I think the thing that comic books did so cool with superheroes was to treat the readers as a really sophisticated audience. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. when you read Electra Assassin, they're not like, we need to tell you what an origin story is. Right. Or describe this world. Yep. Or why do people have powers? Or what is S.H.I.E.L.D.? You're just like, mm-hmm. in this crazy world. You know, you read like, Flex Mentalo or Animal Man or Doom Patrol, sure. all these Grant Morrison things. It's like he is like writing at the highest level and he's just expecting you to meet him there. He's not mm-hmm, like, here's right. an introduction about what, you know. And I was like, what if we started talking to film goers with that same sophistication? Like they all know, like you right. don't need to see somebody get bit by a spider to know he can now shoot web. Like right. just get on with the story, man. <laughs> like, right. Do some crazy stop, shit stop with killing it. Uncle Ben 30 times. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and yeah. right, which is why enter the spider verse was the best Spider-Man movie. Cause they were right. like, what if we, you know, we already know we get it. So right. what if we do it totally differently with right. different 
characters. If I don't right. see Martha Wayne's pearls fall to the ground, how am I supposed to know what <laughs> yeah. happens yeah. to how Batman's you know what drives that man? I know. Right. No, no <laughs> yeah. you totally make a great point, and I love that. And I think that that's what makes like Arch Enemy so good is that, and I said this on our episode that we did, it's like I loved that they that you made Max Fist not like a clean, shiny superhero. You know what I mean? Like not that he was going through some stuff, especially after, you know, the transition and that he was kind of grittier and dingier. And there was always this like suspicion of like, is he just schizophrenic? Like, I thought that that was, that was great to the point that you're sort of making of like, what if we just assume that people can, can get this and can figure it out? Yeah. I, you know, one of my big inspirations when I started thinking about Arch Enemy was the wrestler the hmm. um the make okay. it work yep. movie, oh, the rest yes. yep. oh, and, yeah you know oh, yeah. And, and it's like that movie doesn't need to explain to you like mm-hmm. what hulk hogan is or what wrestling is right <laughs> no you get it it's fucking weird but then you you get deeper and deeper into it and you might be like holy shit i had no idea they stapled each other in the face in some <laughs> some of these leagues like that's weird but like you know that was an early inspiration and then obviously i think my aesthetic wound up being really different it's a different kind of movie than that but, but that was sort of the original idea i was like what if there's a guy in like a tattered cape sitting at a mm-hmm. crappy bar drinking whiskey being like i used to be a superhero and everybody's like shut the fuck up you know, <laughs> right. that was sort of like right. the idea of what arch enemy should be for yeah. sure oh, i dig that i think i think okay so i'm, I'm, I'm i want to get to it first of all i want to say for arch enemy i love the fact i love the leads in arch enemy me is me being black obviously i don't know if anybody missed that but um so <laughs> wait have you heard there's this there's this term some insane person on like well, i don't know if it was the times of the washington post they said openly black They're yeah like, they said yeah Donald uh-huh. openly black he was, they said he was open he said he was openly black and me being an openly black man as well <laughs> um you know i just wanted to uh no i really way. just I wanted to thank you for oh Brian, you didn't know. Sorry, you've been doing this for a while. Brian, first time here, I guess. <laughs> I did want to say just to start that I thought that that was dope to have two black leads, but two black leads that aren't well aren't may may, may not be more well known. Um, and that'll come back to my follow up question. Well, I'll ask it right now. Um, how is it? You talk about Elijah Woods. We watch um, Daniel isn't real, and I watched it last night as well. Um, and we see. Um, Schwarzenegger in this film and we see um, who I affectionately call Joe Magic Jello. Um, um, Joe, we see Joe in this film. How is it that if this is your third, you'll say second or third film, how do you get paired with these big names so quickly for these films? How, like, how did that come about? Yeah, um, well, I mean, in, here's what's been wonderful and, it, and it's what Arch Enemy really marks something that's different for me in my career is that um previously i was like please believe me i can make a good movie right <laughs> like right and then and then after somebody gives you money you're like oh god i hope i can make a good movie <laughs> right. 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 oh shit i gotta prove was, you right yeah. it was really hard to cast daniel isn't real even though you know i mean inspector vision helped a lot because there's this thing where we're like you know there are actors out there who want to be in like they want to be in the next hereditary or the, the oh, next right, sure. witch or whatever, right? right? Yeah. So you get, you know, you start doing the slog and you're going to the agents and you're like, you know, it's Spectre Vision. So all their move, you know, they play at Sundance and it's, you know, it's cool, it's real. People take you seriously. And so um, you know, I mean, Patrick and Miles are amazing. They're not big, huge stars, but you know, mm-hmm. it was we had to like work to get even them. And Sasha Lane, who was in a movie called American Honey previously, mm-hmm. like She's one of my she favorite was actresses. She was, she was the person. Was when I saw American Honey, I was like, that's it. There's not going to be an audition process. I just need to get her to be that's in dope. Daniels. She has yeah. to play Cassie. And thankfully she agreed, right? Which was just lucky, I think. I think she just responded to the script. She was just, I mean, she was essentially like, I believe in demons. I see a lot of demons. And this movie's about that. So I'm in. And I was like, okay. Great. Yeah. Right. But then the, then the the wonderful thing that happened was that after Daniel comes out and it played at South by Southwest and you know people liked it, that th- just creates a completely different world. Like the reason Paul Shear is in Arch Enemy is because he saw Daniel at Arch en- at, at, at South by. Wow, he wow. was there, you know, at the theater at one of our showings, and he was like, "That movie was amazing." And That's I was like, really cool. "You're gonna be in my next movie." Then. Oh, <laughs> if you think that, you fucked up. <laughs> if you like that, you're gonna forever. love this. Yep. Yeah. Shouldn't have said anything. That's on you. <laughs> and it was the same with um with Glenn and with Joe. Both of them had hit up Spectre Vision, and they were like, "The shit that you guys are doing is dope. I want to do one of these things. I want to be in a Super movie cool. like Mandy or whatever." That's dope. And wow. we showed both of them. Daniel isn't real, and they were both like, "Yes." 
And I was like, well, I got good news. Here's a superhero movie. And of course, you know, and with Joe, it was like, A, he wants to do a Spectre Vision movie. B, he likes what I've done as a director. And then C, I mean, nobody is more ready to be a superhero than Joe Manganiello. Oh my God, right. He's so ready true. for it. So when we were like, here's a fucked up superhero, you know, deconstructionist, reconstruction, whatever you want to call it. Like yeah. he was just so down. Um, so it really, you know, being able to like have a body of work and, and for people to be like, oh, I kind of get what you're doing and, and I'm, mm. it's of interest to me. That's how you start to, and it's, you know, it's not just with the actors, that's the most visible thing, but to be able to, you know, now on new projects, I'm working with other writers mm -hmm. who, you know, believe in me, a new producer, you know, it's like you, right. you, people start to take you a little bit more seriously and it's it's like everything you, you know, I mean, nobody on this planet isn't just like, I wish people would take me more seriously, you <laughs> right. know, like whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. Um, so right. that thing of like having some piece of proof, you know, or something that like touches, I mean, Glenn Howerton was like, I love Daniel's real. It was so cool. Like, that's just amazing. You know, I was like, dude, I've been watching your show for like 15 years. Yeah. I can't believe I'm, you know, having tacos with you and you're telling me you like my movie. Like that's right. insane. You <laughs> that's know? really that's cool. a full circle. That's a full circle moment right there. Yeah, totally. I mean, I mean, Daniel isn't real. I mean, for the, for the listeners, Dan, we're here to promote Daniel isn't real and also Arch Enemy. For sure. So here's going to lead into my next question. And here's, here's, here's the thing I'm most excited about. I would love for you to pitch. You, you spoke about it in an interview about combining these universes together, a cosmic horror film, yep. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you explain to us how this works now that Arch Enemy is out and Daniel isn't real? How do you bring that third movie and combine these worlds together? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, if you look at both of the movies begin with this image of like a cosmic, you mm -hmm. know, kind of vortex mm -hmm. or yep. universe or something, you know, and um, th th that started with, that was on the page in Daniel's Real. Like when you look at the script, the opening thing is like, we begin with the, the void, the like swirling vortex of chaos and destruction, whatever. And part of the reason I wrote that, a really dumb reason is that I remember listening to a a commentary track on the movie Jacob's Ladder, which I love. Oh my and God. There's, yep. there's, there's a part where Adrian Lynn, the director is talking about, and I got to this part of the script that said they open a door and beyond it is the void. And I was like, fuck you, fuck that. What's a void? How do I build that? How much is it gonna cost? Don't give me a void. And I was like, I'm gonna put a void in my own movie and then I'm gonna show you what it looks like. Right. Adrian Lynn. That's awesome. Um, so there was, that was a, yeah. That, I mean, it's funny. I love that energy though. From. I yeah. love that. I fucking love that energy. Yeah, yeah. it's just like, eh, yeah. <laughs> And, and it was also in part because, you know, I'm really interested in this thing of combine of like connecting from like real personal little emotional stories all the way up to the mm -hmm. cosmos. Right. You know, you start, it's a movie about loneliness. It's a movie about two young men trying to relate, but it goes all the way up to like the Buddhist idea of eternity and in this mm -hmm. circularity of time and whatever you can get, mm -hmm. you get all those different levels out of it if you want. And, and to do it cinematic visually, you know, showing, showing that. And so then, um, I always felt like Daniel had room for more stories because, you know, that's a movie, Daniel is not, he, he's, he's stopped, you know, sort of within the story, within the specific story, but he's not vanquished forever. Right. And kind of like, you know, cosmic continuity of him is, you know, you see it at the end, he's like back into this thing and he's, you know, all that. <laughs> right. Um, and so I was like, okay, like, we could do a TV show where he pops back up and he possesses oh, somebody shit. else. Mm -hmm. Now, um, you know, one important thing, and maybe someday I'll do like a restored director's cut version of Daniel, but um, cool. I think there, there is a, a missing scene that's that's on like whatever the Blu-rays or DVDs or whatever. Oh, yeah. but, um, the part when it's, when it's all over where Cassie is standing there, uh, like just recovering, she's standing in a different, a little time has passed by and then Luke comes up. And he walks up in front of her and he starts saying he's in he's real like zoned out and shit and he starts saying her name over and over again he's saying cassie cassie and she looks up and we we think she's looking at him and he goes i'm right here i'm right here and then she just walks like right past him and then he's standing there all alone in this weird industrial landscape going i'm right here cassie i'm right here i'm right here and um that was a scene i always loved God, it for, I, sometimes you make these decisions and then you're like oh maybe that was the wrong decision you know um but I, but, but it set up the idea that like now he is in, you know, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, the phantom uh, zone or the void right, zone or whatever. Right, yeah. So I was like, so someday we're going to do something where Daniel possesses somebody else. Yeah. And then Luke is trying to figure out how to be like the good version of what Daniel is. And right. it's like Holy battles fuck. over bodies That's and whatnot. Super sweet. But um, 
But then when I was working on Arch Enemy, I was like, well, this is a movie that's, you know, he's just constantly talking about swirling black holes and the multiverse mm -hmm. and he, you know, all right. of these timelines. And I was like, so clearly these characters all have a are access to the same void portal between multiverses. Mm -hmm. sure. So really what we want to do is, you know, um, it's going to spoil all these movies real quickly at once. Oh. Max is dead. Indigo has superpowers. Oh, yeah. Hamster's work, working with her. They're like local superheroes or whatever. But Daniel like comes through the vortex and possesses somebody. And, yeah. you know, some sort of version of Max from the Phantom Zone, you know, whatever comes comes back. Right. Like the, the spirit of the cosmic force lives on. And then you have all these characters having to deal with each other. So that mm -hmm. would be sort of like the, you know, the premise for where we start that from. What's up, everybody? We need to take a moment to talk about this week's sponsor. Have you heard about Anchor? You haven't. Let me tell you, it is the easiest way to record a podcast. What makes it so easy? Well, first off, it's free. So right out of the gate, that's a plus. Second, it's got great tools to make creation and editing from your phone or computer super, super smooth and super, super fun. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And finally, it's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you want to make the jump and start your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, back to our show. I'm not going to lie to you. Marcus and I were yeah. just <laughs> were just talking yeah. a little bit before this, and I, I, man, you're absolutely right. That's super. Like that possibility is absolutely there. I literally almost what you just said told Marcus that exact same thing. Of, That's exactly what he said. Daniel comes down, yeah. possesses somebody else. Yeah, either makes it across the country into where um, Indigo and Hamster are at, and they have to they have respond with now what looks like like a real supervillain, like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like somebody yeah. who's, yeah. and I thought like that was super legit. So that man, that's, that's just dope. I'm not. Though. Okay. So here's, here's the thing. I'm, I'm playing it real calm and real cool and collected, <laughs> but I really love this shit. Right. Because I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's like, uh, we were talking about it earlier. There aren't a lot of original movies anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and there isn't like, you have a very like, you have a you have a thing. You have a chef's kiss. You have a je ne sais quoi about like you know what I mean. Like about when you go to make this movie, you have the colors. You have this offset of this of this real real dark. Even in Daniel isn't real. When they go into the the house and they lock up, there's these purple neon. There's this dusty. Everything looks like a yellow or a red. And he goes up when he goes up the stairs, and there's this purple neon. And there's these neon colors that exist. And then you talk about Arch Enemy, where there's this bright bright blue. This isn't like a subtle blue we need to make it realistic it's a if we're gonna say he's a superhero we are gonna do the damn thing and prove like not only was he not crazy oh fuck he was really like with it and this is chromium and i get it so yeah. i think that because of i because i watched arch enemy first and then went back and watched daniel isn't real everything just clicks it makes sense and there's this originality about it that says we don't have to reboot fucking something. We don't have to change a character that already exists and force it to be something. We can make this new genre that exists with characters that are big league, big name leads and we can have these new faces to get people more familiar and really change the fucking spectrum of how we want to do things as, as movie creators. And really, as a, we can tell that you enjoy movies. I think that that's the other thing too. Like you have directors who just can just go in there, but you're making a movie as somebody who enjoys movie for people who enjoy movies. And I, that's yeah. the part that I fucking love about it. That's cool. Yeah. That's a, that's, I really appreciate that. Yeah. And I, I do like the more I've been able to make movies, the more even I enjoy watching movies than I used to. I mean, obviously I always loved movies. Right. But like, as I get further and further along into it, like now I watch movies just like obsessively, like, Oh, how did they make that? How do they make me feel like that? Or like, what is, how are they moving right, the actors right. around in the yeah. space? And like, and I just love it. Like, I love that I can watch movies and just, and feel like I'm doing my job. Like that's, mm -hmm. you know, it's all I want right. to do is just watch movies, think <laughs> about how they work and then sometimes make one. Right. <laughs> Fire. Fire. That's, sweet. that's dope. 
Um, Brian, Marcus, any other questions that you might have? I kind of burned through mine like right out of the gate. Um, and <laughs> no. so, well, I know Marcus, you you brought up a couple times. We haven't really talked about them. Like you you, you yep. kept saying new new faces of the next to the the stars and stuff, yes. but we we haven't specifically talked about you know uh, Skyland Brooks and Zoli Griggs who Absolutely. play Indigo and and Hamster. And, yeah, that's it. And they're so great. Like they're such stars, each in their own way. Yes. And you know the idea of um. You know, Arch Enemy ends with Zoli getting the Indigo yes. getting superpowers, and mm -hmm. like, I I don't know if I'll ever be able to make that movie, but God, I would love to because she is just such a star. She's such a great yeah. actress. Yeah. She yeah. plays the Riz's sister on the Wu Chronicles, the show. Oh shit! Uh, That's right. Like she plays That's the right. Riz's sister, um, and she is just like she came into the room, you know, straight up, just like audition. You know, I didn't know who she was. Mm -hmm. She came into audition, and I was like, oh my god, this is like completely changes the game mm -hmm. for this character, like. You don't know how many people auditioned and tried to say the line, I can't help that I'm a sugar plum interstellar, interstellar fairy. I can't even say, I wrote it. I can't even say the line. <laughs> and Zolie said that line. Like, like it was nothing. Just said it every time, even wow. first time in the audition, she just said it. And I was like, well, she is that thing. Yep. <laughs> yep. Just, you know what I mean? I'm, it's just, I mean, for me, that was the very first thing we talked about. I think in mm -hmm. person, I was talking to Doug because we, we get into this conversation with everything happening in the world, right? And people think that, you know, you can separate the entertainment and thing, but you know, art reflects life. And so like everything happening in the world, George Floyd, all this stuff, and everybody's starting to have these conversations about representation. Um, and I look at this film and I see that, I wouldn't have been mad if it was anybody that was white into the film or anything like that, but because it was not forced, it seemed natural. The two leads seemed to gel well that, oh, okay, I really feel like they, our brothers and sisters and they carry this role and and their identities are also reflected into the plot of the story as well so for me it was like as a black as a black man i'm like wait a minute now i gotta go look up who they are what else have they been in because i want to compare wow she killed that an arch enemy he killed that an arch enemy wow they really carried that i wonder if they could lead their own movie and then even cassie i see she's going to be I think she's in Loki. She just got casted into something in Loki or something like that in the new Marvel thing, I think. And it's like, I'm seeing these people and you're casting also realistic people. I think, yeah. I don't know how else to explain it, but you sometimes we get movies and they over, they really like try to perfect it or they try to like really make it this cookie cutter thing. And you're casting people that I feel like that resemble me in real life. And that's mm. what I appreciated the most. That's cool. No, that's great to hear. I, I, I think it's like, I want to make sure it feels like a big responsibility to put black characters in your white man's movie that you're making a white man because I am one right like it feels like a responsibility and at the same time you need to immediately let go of that feeling mm -hmm. like in the sense that I'm not trying to make a movie that's about issues or about right. this is not a movie that's about the black condition or what like I mm -hmm. like it's not like reaching for something general it's reaching for something that's very very specific about like who is indigo and who is hamster and what do they look like and what do they talk like and what is their situation and i think that that's you know something out, you know because then you're like oh no i just made this black woman a drug dealer like is that is twitter gonna hate me right, or whatever right, but it's like right. no i think it's okay i think i'm gonna it's it's gonna be okay because also her brother is like this straight edge you know mm -hmm. writer mm -hmm. and then and then the, the the woman that she's he's working for is also a black you know it's like right. i think if you make the the world detailed and rich enough it stops yeah. being like i just you know nobody has ever come after me for like i can't believe you the one black woman in your movie is a drug she's not even right. the only black woman in the movie so you can't right. you know what i mean it's like there's a there's a richer world right. i think that's what the responsibility mm -hmm. is for filmmakers beyond um you know, make sure the issue is this or that. It's like, you no, know, make it a big enough world. And and, and the yeah. thing that that has been really, honestly, very cool to witness over my career since my first movie, on some kind of hate, I was trying to cast the main character and Ronan Rubenstein plays the guy and he's become a big actor and he's great and I love him. But my original idea was like, what if he's black? What if this character is like Tyler, the creator? Mm -hmm. And I was trying to get oh, Tyler, the creator, and it was, there was no way I could get in touch with him. But, you know, I was thinking, like, <laughs> yeah. be cool, whatever. But it was like the uphill battle of convincing people, even on my fucking $200,000 movie that nobody's <laughs> going to care about, 
oh, I don't know, black lead, you know, and then like I had, I, I met Maestro Harrell who came in and auditioned and he plays one of the guys in the movie. I was like, he should just mm -hmm. be it. We should ha have him playing like Tyler Crater. But like, I couldn't get it done. You know, I just couldn't single-handedly get that done, which is just like, right. such an indictment of the whole fucking industry. But sure. you cut to five years later and now people are like, please, can we get Regina King to star in this superhero movie or whatever? You know, it's like, it's a completely different game and that's great because i mean honestly you know if i reach back to the first thing i ever directed was when i was in high school i directed a, a play from the late 60s called the dutchman written by a, a black poet named uh, amiri baraka he mm -hmm. wrote that play under the name leroy jones and it was about a white woman and a black man trapped on a subway together and it starts kind of fun and cool and weird and romantic and then it ends with murder Oh, and um shit. you know that was the first thing i directed when i was like 17 years old and i and i and I, and when i it was like why did why did i have to go from high school <laughs> to my third movie <laughs> to, <laughs> to right. like, make these casting right. choices man like yeah, what has right. been holding us back and this is you know um so on the one hand something that ha has been frustrating is like i just think it's a it's a blessing in the industry and i hope that it's not a fad i think at this point it can't yeah. be yeah. just like a, a, a close I think right. it's like there's too much happening there's too much breaking open it's not as it, it can't really go backwards um so I think it, it's a really positive thing and I'm trying to you know sort of take advantage of it in the sense of I like creative ideas and I like interesting characters and so mm -hmm. I have to fight less to get some of these ideas across right you know which is awesome I also you know I did have run the mental experiment on Daniel isn't real of being like mm -hmm. what if Luke was black but Daniel is still this handsome white guy. And then I, I talked to a couple oh, black filmmaker friends of mine and they were like, don't tell anybody. I said, don't let Ava DuVernay find out that I said this. Don't cast a black man in that part. <laughs> that I would have looked at it sideways too. That, yeah, I would have yeah. different yeah. That's, that's the weird thing. It's like you, in our economy, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, right? right? You're right, like, they're, right. Just, they're two kids and they're, they're trying to make money, they're trying to survive. We could have, you know, it could have been Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but, but once they are black, it creates a dynamic and it creates a thing. And then you think about it more deeply and you try to be true to it. But with, yeah, with Daniel, it just would have been like, that, the only way for Daniel to work was it would have to be across the board black cast, just yeah. entirely. Yeah. yeah. And then there's, then you're, you know, in a world that is, it's not about it like this dynamic it would be about i don't know the continuity of the mm -hmm. family of, i don't sure. know it's, it's, it would be different yeah. that way but there's a there's a shift in it yeah 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 That's and a, i think probably if somebody had a script right now like daniel isn't real and they went out and cast it people would be stoked to cast that with an all mm -hmm. black cast For real. i think sure. even mm -hmm. in you know, whenever we were started casting that a few years ago, it was, would have been like, oh my God, you're going to risk everything on this entirely black cast movie about demons or whatever. But right. like, thank you, Jordan Peele, because now, it's, like, I think people are right. lining up to make a movie like oh, that. Yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. That would well, be a fire combination. You and Jordan, you and Jordan Peele, that would be I fire. That yeah. yeah. That would, they, you should, yeah, that, that would be great because y'all definitely have this Get thing. Him on I'm Instagram. Not to, we'll slide into yeah. his DMs. We'll, we'll slide into his DMs. <laughs> um, I did have one more, I had one more question for, Go and for thank it, you for, and thank you for explaining that. Um, Cause once again, I can't explain how much that means because, you know, we haven't been seeing it. And now everybody's in this little phase where it's so shocking to the eye that it's kind of hard for people to believe that you're either doing this for a fan or you don't really mean it. So like, it did seem genuine in that. And even your explanation seems um, genuine in that too. So thank you. Um, thank you, yeah, appreciate that. One of my last, operating during COVID, you release a movie during, during a pandemic. Oh, yeah. um, and, and you're releasing it through the streaming service um, because I can picture this movie on the big screen. Um, and, and so you release this during COVID. What are your thoughts? How do you feel about it? How do you gauge success in the middle, in the midst of a pandemic with a movie that you spent and invested so much time and money into? Great question. I mean, that's an interesting question. There's so, there's so many emotions at once, right? Because on the one hand, it's like... Uh, it was a blessing to have been working on a movie this whole time. Like we, you know, we finished shooting in January, the end of January and had just started in on post-production when the, like the lockdown happened. So oh, I, I, you know, I, to this day have never been in the same room as my editor, right? She edited wow, on at her home on Avid 
through the zoom. We did it. We edited just like this and it was great. It worked great. Right. Like, um, but so for all those months and months at the, and all the animation, we were, you know, we had a guy in India, we had a guy in down the street from me. We had a guy in Chicago. We never saw each other face to face. And, um, wow. wow. And, and to be able to be so busy and working on something creative and my job during a time when everybody else I know at that particular time, people were like, I just landed in New York and they canceled my movie and Steven Soderbergh was going to be my showrunner and I got to come home and it's uh, my life is in ruins. It's, I was like, Oh, oh I've just Jesus. edited my scene today and it's cool. Like it, it was <laughs> such a blessing and it was so lucky that, um, that, you know, that when you get to the other side of it, that we, you know, we didn't get to go to film festivals. We didn't get to release it in, in theater, stuff like that. That is a bummer, but it is nothing compared to the blessing of having been able to make a movie during this time. You know, with when I did Daniel, the really amazing thing on Daniel, the thing that you really miss out on now is that I went to every festival. Like I was in right. South Korea. I was in London. I was in South Florida, you know, I was like any, every, anywhere they, they, they wanted me, right. I was there showing the movie because when you talk to people right after they've seen your movie, that's everything else you do is anxiety and fucking miserable. When you're making <laughs> it's really hard. It's really just feels bad. Um, but then you show it and people are like, it really, you know, I like, especially with Daniel, where I had all the, every time I showed it, somebody would come up to me and be like, I had an experience just like that. Like I had, you know, manic depression or I had a schizophrenic, you know, like these people that had these, and it just makes it all so worthwhile. And it's been very hard to do that with Arch Enemy, right. although I am, you know, we do stuff like this, so it kind of makes up for it. Mm -hmm. I just have not been drinking beer and eating food in every dot on the Google Maps, right. <laughs> which I did right. last time. And, and to the other point you made, like, yeah, we really designed it to be a big screen movie. I mean, I'm very mm -hmm. into like immersive, like the soundtrack, mm -hmm. it's nonstop music. It's deep and heavy, amazing. you know, sound, yeah. sound design, the yep. colors are so rich. So, you know, I hope, Maybe one day they'll do a they'll do a film festival of like movies you missed because we were dying of COVID. Festival. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we need a better name for it than that, but that's the concept. Now we'll run with it. I got the poster already. Imagine that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll run. Yeah, this is perfect. Uh, wow. That, I mean, fuck, Adam. I, I don't know what else. I don't know what else to say. I'm really like, because when we watch movies like this, we I'll speak for myself. We watch movies like this and we review movies as a podcast very we don't get chances to speak with directors and get their thoughts right. and how they feel about things you know what i'm saying and so um this really was a good movie i'm i'm not big they, doug can tell you really and brian can tell you i'm not in the oh. sucking nobody's dick or like i'm not going <laughs> no, i'm not going to amp nobody up if i'm not if i don't because if i didn't fuck with it i wouldn't fuck with it and i would well, i would i wouldn't be here i mean we're on internet. record we, we told people to watch the movie so i mean we like, did yeah yeah we did and we and, and that's <laughs> the beauty the it's it's fucking it's fucking it's a fucking good movie mm -hmm. that I want people to watch and be able to discuss. And also Daniel isn't real. I'm not going to lie. You it scared the fuck out of me. I said some <laughs> prayers before I went to bed um, and I had to watch a couple cartoons before I went to bed last night. But I think that it served its purpose of being something that is so fucking real. And it's and sometimes I, I don't know because I can't go through it. But I imagine if you go through these traumas, like you say, people are like coming up to you maybe this is exactly what it looks like to people and what it feels like. And to everybody else on the outside, we deem them as crazy or whatever. But Doug made a great point earlier. What if you, you make these movies like, what if they were right? What if we're wrong? Right. And what mm -hmm. if we're the fucked up ones that right. are so closed minded that we don't have access to that dimension, that, that abyss, that, that ability to cross over. And we're just, we're right. just fucked up like that. So I really, I really enjoy this interview, hearing from you, the movie in general. So yeah. that's me. Yeah, and that's, that's a great point. No, I think we are, we, you know, that's right. Like, that's what these things are for. Like, what if the world was different than what we expect? Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? And, and, and the thing for me that that always comes back down to, and it's what Daniel was really about, is like, that might be true, but you still have to be empathetic. Like the it, most important, exactly. thing. maybe the world is full of demons, or maybe it's full of black holes, like Max said, whatever. Like, <laughs> right. When it's all said and done, whatever the world is made of, just be better to other people, <laughs> right. and then it'll be. And then that's all. That's all we can do. That's the choice we have. Yeah. That's and and it's not yeah. that fucking hard. And that's not. And that's <laughs> yeah. for anybody listening. Like, just do this. Sh just do the fucking mm -hmm. shit. Right. Just do it. It's not right. that fucking hard. Yeah. For Sorry, real. I'm done. No, no. no. <laughs> 
I think that's a great way to sum it up. Just being love, good yeah. to people. I love that. Yeah. I, I think that's fantastic. That's why I love having Marcus on this is that he just, he does not give a shit and he'll just tell you exactly how it's supposed to be. And it really, you know, it, it helps keep me in check on numerous times. So, uh, you know, shout outs to uh, take a break from, from praising Daniel as a real and arch enemy and just say, shout out to Marcus. You keep that yeah, shit. Let's praise Marcus. We gonna pray, praise nobody. No, no. That was good. That was really good though. Brian, we have not heard from you a whole lot. So I'm curious, any, what questions do you have? What do you want to know more about? I mean, we've kind of spread the gambit, so. No, we haven't. And Marcus really hit it. I mean, really talking about those leads in, um, in Arch Enemy and really the, the point that I wanted to come back to is that I, I enjoyed how you had these black leads and they were just, they're just making it. And you see uh, Indigo just ascend to being a superhero and like, the state of comics today, like you don't, there's not like, I was trying to think of like, what's another character I could like pigeonhole it. And I can't because um, it was just so unique. And I just appreciated how you did that because I don't feel like there's enough space for that. And you're making that in this movie. So I just wanted to say that it's not really a question. I just wanted to say, I appreciated it. But um, I mean, really the only other question that, that I had had um, after Marcus was talking about the shared universe and really digging that is, I think it, you know, thinking about like a shared universe, I guess, are you seeing kind of bringing some of those themes from Daniel isn't real of like this isolation and, and dealing with stuff. And then with arch enemy of like, how are we trying to be our best self? Like, do you see those themes playing off of each other in that sense? Or would you see something completely different if you were to, you know, dive into that? That's interesting. I, I, I'm not sure because like the, the process often is that it, it starts with like, the cool idea, the thing that's going to be neat. Like, oh, it'd be cool to see Joe Manganiello punk, punch Patrick oh. Schwarzenegger and he yeah. has torns on his head and they're flying mm -hmm. through the air. That would and be that cool, cool, right? <laughs> so like, and then, you, and, and, and then you have to start building on that and building it. So I don't actually know what that story is about yet, exactly. Yeah, but, I do, but I do feel like everything so far is always kind of about the same thing for me. Like it's always mm -hmm. about like these traumas and like I sort of, you know, the breakups I've had in my life. And like when my mother died when I was younger and like these real thing, mm -hmm. you know, and like the desire to be more loving, you know, like these sort of like just core human experiences are always, I mean, I'll, I'll read Arch Enemy. I was reading Arch Enemy before we started shooting. And I was like, oh shit, this is about my divorce. I didn't realize that. Now I know, oh. now I know what to focus on. And you sure. know, and then you start, you know what I mean? Like sometimes it just, it comes unconsciously. And, and so without having like, really gone into it, I don't know. But I think the thing that's so interesting in the opportunity of, of blending those worlds is in the kind of the memory. Like I know that with Indigo having the, the cosmic power, mm -hmm. she's gonna know so much more about the universe. Mm -hmm. And what does it mean mm -hmm. for a person like that, her mind to like sort of be exper experiencing that and seeing like the past and the future, like that's interesting. I don't mm -hmm. know where that leads yet, but I know that that's what you hold on to because yeah. Daniel was about like, he has all these incredible powers and he's just become the most <laughs> miserable fucking thing. But I think he started, he said something. He was like a thousand years ago, I used to help people. And then I was like, fuck you. And that's really like, <laughs> right. I hadn't thought about this before, but that's America too. You mm -hmm. know I mean? That's yeah, like that's, the thing yeah. we're constantly up against Ooh. as being this like mm -hmm. superpower who's like, half the time we're like, we're gonna, we're the world's police. And then the other half we're like, fuck you. Yes, <laughs> right. yes. Who's one man. But so right. I think, you know, to take, take Daniel who is like such a just fucking incel really. And then pit him against <laughs> Indigo who has just like so much life and positivity mm -hmm. and real world experience. And she's been exposed to this cosmic power. Like that's a opposition that's full of, you know, juice. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I, dig I, almost that. Would love, I almost would love if Daniel would have took over Cassie because at the end of the movie, I thought that Dan I thought that Daniel jumped into Cassie, mm. um, uh, falling yeah. off of that ledge, and so then it made me think about well, damn, Indigo versus Cassie would be a fire like oh, yeah. girl black, you know, like a uh -huh. like a you know that mm -hmm. kind of film of seeing two different sides of life. So just hearing you say that is is really dope, and I'm excited to that was a great question, yeah. Brian. I'm yeah. excited. Like, yeah, again, Brian. I don't know if we can make this movie. So we <laughs> I mean, look, man, you have three cheerleaders you know, right, right here. Yeah. We, we are, are here. all here. Right. Like, even if you just make it for the three of us, yeah, you think fine. that'd be rad. Obviously, right. that's not how the world works, but we just <laughs> no. want to let you know we have that energy for you. Yeah. No, I mean, everything that you've talked about today has just been absolutely 
legit. So um, I am whatever the next one is. I'm excited for just because yeah, I know board. that that certain like that vision and as, as Mark has put it, that that genesis qua whatever it is, <laughs> you're gonna bring it, and we're super excited for it. So um, I think that, out of me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys. You guys rule. Um, I think conversation, man. Um, I think that that sort of wraps us up. So we've kind of gotten to the point where um, we just got to turn it to everybody about things that they might want to plug. Adam, anything that you're working on that you can talk about that you want to plug for um, our listeners to check out uh, coming up or just in general? It's it's not really a plug. It's just, I'm, you know, I I'm hoping to make a new movie. (laughs) So I'll come back (laughs) when when we know what that is. I'll come back. We'll plug it then. I, I do have one really cool script that's about, uh, witchcraft and capitalism Ooh, that shit. I'm trying to get financed right now. God Absolutely damn. here for that. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, I'm in. <laughs> and, and, and I guess the only other thing I could plug is that if you've seen all three of my movies and you're still not sick of hearing me, uh, I wrote a graphic novel called Ballistic that's completely insane. Oh, I think fuck. you can get it on Amazon and it is about, it takes place in a, here's the picture. You guys are gonna, I think you'll like this picture. Okay. It okay. takes place in, the, in a crazy future world where all technology is alive. It's all like DNA based. And it's about an air conditioning repairman, right? But he's, he's gotta be like a surgeon, like he cuts things open right. and like, you know, air conditioners get swollen or whatever. And his gun, but his gun is alive. It's a talking sentient gun. And oh, he shit. desperately wants to become like a famous bank robber. So he goes on the first issue, he goes to rob a bank and he's about to shoot a security guard and the gun says, I'm not going to participate anymore until you get me more drugs. I'm too fucked up to rob a bank right now. <laughs> and that, that kicks them off on this like crazy adventure. I, You're telling me that's the premise? Damn. Yes, I'm in. Yeah, yeah I'm fucking sold. I th- yeah. I'm fucking sold. Yeah. A gun telling you I'm too fucked up to participate in this? Yeah. Oh yeah, you got yeah. I'm going to Amazon. That, was, that came out in like 2000, I think 15. It was, you know, I was writing it around the time I was writing my, my first... Um, movie but uh it you know it's yeah. being a graphic novel so you know it's not really like my beat exactly so people aren't as aware of it but it's i'm really proud of it it's a crazy just That's crazy really cool. the, art is by Derek robertson who did the boys which is now a tv show oh, and sure. happy Fuck. which is a tv show he did transmetropolitan okay. he's an amazing artist it was one of those weird i was like i'm gonna do one comic book in my life ever it's gonna have the most amazing art by a super famous artist and i'm gonna just and i was like that's enough out of me i'm yeah <laughs> That's it's super legit, though. I love I, the I idea of him being a surgeon, too. Like, because yeah. if they're alive, then they have to be. Like, that's such yeah. a cool idea. Uh, wait a minute. I need to hang around Adam, because you clearly hang around people who either see the potential in your creativity or vice versa, or you just got this certain gravity around you because you I think it comes from being names. in bands man it comes from being in rock bands and shit when I was younger because it's like you just look you're like okay I'm okay but that guy can play guitar like a motherfucker <laughs> right. I want I need to be okay you know what I mean like that sense of like collabor- collaboration like yeah. trying to find people yep. and then you know with Derek I met Derek at Comic-Con I was at Comic-Con this shit. goes back a really long time ago. Awesome. very very long ago but I met we were both hanging out we were sitting around drinking beer like behind the Hyatt you guys go to Comic-Con in San Diego, I imagine. Uh-huh. I have yeah. never right. been. I've never been, but I'm going. I've been to the Chicago right. equivalent, yeah. Okay, all right. So we were hanging out, drinking beer, and I just rolled up on him, and I was like, I'm a fan of your work, whatever. And he was like, okay. You know, we just started talking, and I was like, I'm working on this comic. It's got Talking Gun, and it's got cars with bat wings. And he was like, I'm in. Oh, and then, you know, <laughs> you should it know took us like 10 it. years before his schedule freed up, but I was like, I'm more interested in just waiting and being patient and doing it amazingly with this guy yeah. and stressing yeah. about it. You know what I, yeah. I think there's, this has been, the, this is a, a takeaway I want here is like patience is, is like the thing. Like right. it will, if you have a thing that you're trying to do and you just keep trying, it will eventually happen, but it's going to take longer than you think. So if you spend all that time freaking out about it, you're just making your life miserable. <laughs> That's all you're doing. Shit. You're just filling your time with misery. That's So like, I keep, I want to go back in time to my, be like, Adam, chill out. Eventually, you're gonna be on podcasts talking about movies that you're making. Just like, just chill out and watch weird French movies. You don't need to like pace around your house, <laughs> worrying that you're gonna die of balls cancer before you get famous. Or you know, it's like this shit. Don't do that, man. Yeah, this. And I want it's you always, to know that this, 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 that like mantra is the exact epitome of this podcast. Because I think, yeah, gun to my head, if somebody had told me like, oh, by the way, you're gonna review a movie, and then two weeks later, you're gonna have the director of that movie on to talk about yeah. like 
like his work yeah. and his craft and his and his creativity, I'd be like, you're fucking out of your mind. <laughs> so I, I mean, it was just such a cool thing. So yeah, I just want to back up that wisdom and 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 tell everybody buy Adam's masterclass on yeah. pitch and patience. Like that's just kind of where it's <laughs> yes. at. Pitch and patience. That's pitch a fire. That's, that's a fire. Where it's at. So I've, I don't have any tattoos. I've always wanted to get patience tattooed on my arm. I feel yeah, like, like the most. It important thing to keep and then i was like people are just gonna think i'm a guns and roses fan (laughs) well now you now look you're successful now so fuck what people think (laughs) um brian anything that you want to plug real quick anybody to check out the only thing i want to plug is if you haven't seen it go see arch enemy we reviewed it uh two episodes ago it is a great movie it is not anything you've seen before so go check it out uh yeah that's that's what i'll plug right now fantastic marcus what do you got All right, y'all know what time it is. Go ahead for well, first go watch Arch Enemy. Uh, it's a very good film. Uh, it's very affordable. Go watch that, and then go go, go to Shutter. Shutter's giving you a free trial, and then you can go and watch. Um, oh yeah, three ninety nine on Amazon Prime. But I know that you can go to Shutter, sign up, sign up for the free trial, and then go watch Daniel Isn't Real on Shutter right now. So go ahead and go do that. Also, y'all know what time it is. The Noah store is closing, but continue to follow the mantra, never offended, always humble, and then continue to follow the other mantra, five or 500, which means we don't give a fuck at five people in the room, 500, 5,000, 5 million. We're going to give the same energy to the five right. that we're going to give to the 500, 5,000, and 5 million. You know what I mean? But thank you, Adam, for just taking the time to be with us. I know your yes. Lakers are about to play and LeBron about to ball out. So, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I feel you. I feel you. And the only other thing I want to plug is this podcast. So continue to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything. Um, Listen to us. Tell your friends. Um, I just got to back up what Marcus says. We're going to keep turning this shit out, whether we get five listeners or 500 listeners. That's just kind of where we're at. So um, follow us wherever you listen. Um, In the meantime, we've got to close this out. And I'm very curious to see Adam's response to our closing. Brian, what's the first step in our three steps to success? Well, once again, thank you again, Adam, for joining us. This was a blast. You guys have been talking with you. Great um, energy, man. It's so fun talking to you guys. You guys well, have you. awesome, thank awesome you. energy. Yeah, absolutely. So first thing we talk about, make sure to read a book. Adam just talked about ballistic. He he wrote a book. There's a graphic a novel. So go go check that out. It's on Amazon. It. So go read a book. Expose yourself to new ideas. Marcus, the second step to our three-step process of success. The second step is very, very important. Put that damn bottle of soda down and go drink some water, okay? Your piss is dark yellow. So you need to go and drink some water. It's good for your skin. It's good so when you go take a leak, it don't burn the hell off your tip. So it's like water is important, all right? Just go and drink some water. It's in everything. Put more in you. And the last step to (laughs) our three steps process of success is, look, it's in where we're at, it's cold. In other places, it's hot. Regardless of the temperature outside, just wash your ass. You're going to meet a lot of new people. When we clear out from quarantine, you're going to be shaking hands again, giving high fives again. You want to bring that ass stench with you. So just get a piece of cloth, get some soap, wash your ass, spend some extra time, and your friends, your family, and your new, new, in, you know, new acquaintances will thank you. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, we love y'all. We appreciate and in between y'all. time, and in between time, we love y'all. We appreciate y'all, and we will catch y'all next week. <laughs>